Lou Davidson is one of the powerhouses behind the Inspiring Stories film competition and is an international award winner herself. She is here today to talk to us about this awesome competition, how we can get involved, and perhaps we'll get a little bit of Lou's own inspiring story. Welcome to B-Sides on Access Radio, Lou. Oh, thanks, Lou. It's great to be here. <laughs> great to have you here. Lou, what is the purpose of the Inspiring Stories film competition? To try and wrap it up in a nutshell, It is about what we see and what we're exposed to in our daily life that inspires us to do things. And there's nothing more powerful than a moving story. Right. So if we're wanting young people and New Zealanders as a whole Mm. to be moved to make a change, a positive change for our country, our world that we live in, we need to start creating these stories that inspire this change. And what better voice to create these stories than the young people themselves? We're not only proving that young people have a voice and actually care about their futures and the world that we live in, but also celebrates the tools that they've got as storytellers, as filmmakers, and hey, we're just growing our library of amazing short films. That's right. Oh my goodness. That's very inspiring. Is the competition aimed at youth particularly? As entrants, we encourage young people, young New Zealanders, more than anyone else to enter the film competition. It also sort of gives them a fighting chance because we, we don't really want professional filmmakers That's necessarily. Right. Not not trying to put them down or anything, but we just want to help grow and support a potentially shyer, more outspoken um, community of people. The new generation of the, filmmakers. Yeah, yeah, and you might not see yourself as a filmmaker. You mm. might see yourself as a change maker or someone who wants to make a difference. Right. Yeah. Um, and picking up a camera and learning skills of how to make a film isn't as hard as a lot of people think. I mean, there are some specific techniques and tools that will help you, but there's nothing wrong with just giving it a go. That's right. So now, are you going to be holding something? You talked a bit about a workshop, possibly. Is that yes. on the cards? We have um, lined up three workshops for next oh, week. Great. Oh, next week. Yes, so how's that for a short turnaround? And we're also um, open to hosting public workshops, which right. are ideally still targeting young people um, for any any time of the year. Ideally in Wellington is easiest for us to do, right? but we can do it anywhere in the country. Um, we're also looking at potentially starting a sort of eight-week after-school course for a couple of hours every week to go from storytelling through camera skills and sound recording right into editing, so the overall of filmmaking to help you make compelling short films. That's amazing. And so all this will be charged, or is it Um, a small fee? It's a small fee. We found that... um, until you put a value on something, people don't really value I, it themselves. I agree. Yeah, and I agree with that. if you that. sign up for something for free, a lot of the time, sad to say, most people might just not turn up on the day if they don't feel right. like it. Yeah. That's a big deal. So we put a nominal fee on it that doesn't help, doesn't really help us break even, but we also get support from things such as the Creative Community Scheme. Right. We're very fortunate to have their support for these next three workshops coming up next week. That's great. We also have support from um, people hosting us like Capital E Central. They're yeah. um, giving us the venue for free next week. Right, so. that was going to be the next question. <laughs> Where? Where can we get to do these workshops? So in case you can't remember um, small details like where and when, we have 
everything that we've booked in on our website. Great. As yeah. many people as possible that can get these skills, I think the better for yeah. our country it's going to be. Imagine if everything we watched on television or could easily see on on Facebook. It was created by <laughs> us for a start. Yeah, with <laughs> positive stories yeah. that actually make you want to do something instead of depressing and making you feel hopeless. That's our main motivation is create change through inspiring stories that's great <laughs> and and talking about inspiring stories I'm sure you can tell I had a bit of a cold oh. this weekend but the upside was I got to do a few things that I've been wanting to do and one of them was watch Guy Ryan's film Carve, Carving the Future now talk about an inspiring story um, that had me moved and shuddered in tears now how did this competition come about right so Guy and a film partner back in Otago University for the Master's Course of Science Communication made that film Carving the Future together. Right. They made every single part of it together. They would have had help from lecturers and mentors when they needed to ask for help, but pretty much entirely it was the two of them filming, writing, researching, editing, um, it, it's a moving story. How I've long, seen it over a hundred times yeah, yeah. and I still love it. Oh, cool. <laughs> how long was it made, Lou? How um, long ago, sorry? So the film was completed around 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Guy, if I've gotten that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then because of that film, it sort of sparked more energy in Guy. Do, Take action. Do more. Yeah, yep. do more. And um, how does he get more people to share their stories like yes. this? And with help from the Vodafone World of Difference Award that he won. Um, Through the film. So, so he, he sort of submitted himself as like with an idea of, uh, I want to create, sorry, a charitable trust. And I want to inspire young people to tell positive stories about other young people making a difference, share those stories and make a self-perpetuating sort of system of action. Fantastic vision. Yeah, and that, man, he was barely 24 years old when he started yeah, that. And yeah. that's probably one of my favourite points is what was I doing when I was 24? I was probably out travelling around the world. And there was Guy sticking it out in New Zealand, loving where he's from yeah. and wanting to see it grow and prosper for everyone. So <laughs> And so now he's he's got the Festival for the Future, which has been going for a few years now yep. a, as the outcome of carving the, the film Carving the Future. It's one of the many outcomes. Um, so right. I'd, I'd probably put it that Carving the Future was the perfect example piece to help him win the World of Difference Award and to give proof that powerful stories can make a change and motivate action from the audiences and built Inspiring Stories Trust from the ground up because right. of that um, with help from that fund. And then throughout the years, when you have a whole year of what, what are you going to do with it, running a festival, like Festival for the Future is one option, running a nationwide road trip where we teach filmmaking and storytelling and um, I think we did over 60 workshops um, in each island. Man, I did it for two years and it was a whirlwind of excitement. amazing. So the winners of the film competition will get their film exhibited as part of these road trips for Festival for the Future? Exactly. So we're growing a library collection that right. anyone's able to use and share and teachers and media studies and social oh, studies so around exciting. the country love using them. Yeah, yeah. Um, that road trip was great to 
have screenings at and we haven't got one lined up for this year due to funding difficulties yes. but it doesn't stop us from planning forward and dreaming big that's right yeah mm. and so we've had we've got quite a few screenings lined up easily um people can request us to have a screening and we can bring it to the community hall or if they've got a social group that they like to get together and share young people's films we're setting up a screenings kit for them to be able to do it themselves this is great um, I never want to call myself an oldie, but if I'm kind of, you know, in, in, in a, another generation, I just really want my kids to see this, these films and be inspired if they're anything like what I've been watching over the weekend. So, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time for you all. How did you then become involved with the Inspiring Stories crew? Way back in the day, um, Guy and I worked together on a group project in design and right from that get-go, him and I were the only two in our group that were motivated to get the assignment finished. Right. And that was a really good warning bell. Right, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to keep my eye on this guy. He's motivated. And then we were the only two staying at the edit suite till all hours, getting our personal projects completed. And he was churning out so much more than anyone else in the course just Legend. for his private little projects. And <laughs> it was great. I was like, huh, so this guy's motivated, got the same morals and focus. And when I was traveling, like – Heard through Facebook and, of course, what he was getting up to with um amazing road trip he was running around the country doing by himself with a small crew of other people doing their other own projects. Fantastic. But he was running these workshops by himself. And I was like, oh, I'm doing exactly that right now in India for um, up in Ladakh. I was like, but I want to be able to bring these skills back to New Zealand. Why right. am I doing this necessarily overseas? Can start at home. Um, yep. And could actually see it does make a difference instead of just talking about it and, and taking your skills elsewhere, why not um, use them in your own backyard and Invest help grow, here. Yeah, mm. as well as overseas. Mm. I'd, I'd, yeah, love to be able to spread the skills and tools as far as possible. Yeah. But um, yeah, so got in touch with Guy and said, look, I'm going to be back in the country in a couple of months. If you need any extra hands, he's like, yep, you're on, and had a phone chat, and then we started brainstorming um, version two of the nationwide road trip, and we hit the road and... For nearly four months, we had our spaceship uh, van and right, yeah. went around <laughs> over 120 um, different events. Well done. Yeah, it was wicked fun. Great way and to see the country yeah. and, and really get in touch with one-on-one. Yeah, on one. from yeah. everywhere. It was amazing. And then, yeah, rolled that out the second year with a crew of six for the second year. Wow. Um, two separate teams, one for the north, one for the south. Um, so now it's just a mission of how do we make it more than just guy um, who is obviously just one person, but how do we extrapolate that vision that he had and and make it something more self-sustainable and, and have that broader impact That's right. without killing yourself from exhaustion? Yes, <laughs> there's a fine balance there. <laughs> and Lou, what about you with film? When did you know that film was something that you were going to be committing a good part of your career to, if not all of it? <laughs> I'd have to say as a toddler, I was obsessed with David Attenborough, like most other kids oh, that cool. sit on their dad's lap to watch TV. It's pretty, Influence. Yep. pretty common. Um, and I was talking about this with a friend the other night, actually, is all of our cartoon characters from my generation were all animals. Right. Like my Little Ponies and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and... I could probably rattle off a few more, but yeah. I don't want to sound too dated. <laughs> <laughs> but so I have a feeling that... Um, possibly was ingrained that wildlife filmmaking was where my passion was and the idea of wanting to represent things or creatures or 
being that cannot represent themselves, mm. that idea, because people are always going to look after people. In my mind, I know there's a lot of times that that's contradicted. Yes. But you're going to look out for your own when it comes down to it. But it's like, oh, who's going to look out for these guys? It's some logic in that. Yeah. And when I, this is a kid's logic, mm. so... Mm. Um, Obviously, things have grown and changed since then and um, adapted. Um, but yeah, then in uni, discovered this course, Natural History Filmmaking and Science Communication is what it was called back then. Right. Massive title. Um, and then just, that was it. Like, I was on that path, n- nothing more. I was already doing design. I was already doing ecology. My idea was communicating yeah. ecology. And then... That was just the... It was the, perfect. The perfect ticket fit. in the middle, yeah. Yeah, I think I was one of the youngest people to be accepted into the course and everything I did for three years building up to it, because it's a postgraduate, right, yeah. was um, focused on creating a portfolio and working hard to get into it. And it blew my mind. And yeah, from then on, just kept rolling and worked out exactly what I wanted to do and made sure that everything I did matched what I wanted to do instead of sidestepping too much. Well done, Lou. That's (laughs) that's an admirable quality because it's very hard when there's lots of choice Mm. out there and lots of things, you know, pulling you around to keep your focus. Yeah, it's good to test that out Mm. and see how you actually feel when you do something and go, do you feel alive in that two days that you're making that film? So alive that you want to feel that way again? Right. Then you know you're on the right track. If you feel like days are slipping into routine, right? Yeah, you're you not know feeling you're not too happy. Maybe you should try something else. It could be a rule for the <laughs> nation, I think. But filmmakers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you have been able to travel with your work, and you have won some awards. Can you tell us a little bit about what led to that? I probably say that my desire to travel came first, and then. I'm not very good at having holidays where I do nothing but, you know, trip around and taste the foods and see the sights. So right. I constantly created projects for myself to do. So mm. I wouldn't say work sent me around. I would go around and create my own work. Um, so the first time I got sent overseas, as in I had to follow the sign, was yes. um, independently because I grew up traveling every three years easily. Um, but when I first had the sign and as a individual um, growing up yes. was when my film from the course got into wild screen in Bristol, um, which is like a BBC every second year film festival only for natural history film. Wow. And that, that alternates with the Jackson Hole. And so to get into that, you're like, you have to go. You have to meet the head of National Geographic. You have to meet oh my goodness. the natural history <laughs> film unit of BBC. You have to get in there and see Dave at Edinburgh and um, have a wee have a wee tear. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but um couldn't afford couldn't afford um a return ticket. But um So I thought I just gotta <laughs> take the one way. Uh, yeah, got the one way, um got the working holiday visa, worked at a pub until yep. I saved up enough to it's get a, onto the It's a Kiwi next rite of passage, <laughs> I think. Yeah, it was amazing. Um me and my film partner, Sarah um, got some support from Natural History New Zealand, which is the film unit in Dunedin that shares this course right. and helps teach you. Um, they um, gave her some funding to help her get over there, and she shared it with me, which is amazingly generous. So we got to be there together and so good. hold each other's hands as they called out the awards and yeah. stuff and um, met some truly inspiring other filmmakers and leaders in that realm. Um, but then after that, it was like, right, just kept going, um, went to India with some friends and didn't like the idea of travelling 
just to take. So yes. spent um, about three weeks in a sustainable campus for teenagers in Ladakh and taught them how to taught a small group of six how to make their own film to try and share the message about how they live on this campus where they grow their own food and tend to the cows for their own milk and solar power and all that. And that's so amazing that's to awesome. think that that's happening in India. Yeah. Have, we, have no. we got anything like that here? And yeah. it's more the fact they don't have the choice. Like if they exactly. didn't have so I mean mm. that's the way it's gonna be for a lot of places sooner rather than later. But it's good to see that they've there are solutions and, and ways around scary issues like this. That's right. And they're happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Now, just one thing I have to ask you. My friend is who's got a teenager um, blew me out with this comment the other day and she was saying that she feels a lot of kids are oblivious and they just want things that are being threatened like our extinctions and climate change to happen. Um, I was quite taken aback is this your experience of the attitudes of some of our young people out there today? Uh, my experiences of young people out there today have mainly been those who are motivated to actually come along to our workshops or right. whose teachers are inspired enough to mm. ask us to come and teach their class. So we don't really even ask that negative mm. way of a question. We spin it around the other way and go, what actually matters to you? Right. What do yeah. you care about? And I do remember one student in particular who was completely disengaged in our workshop because she thought that we were just making films for entertainment. And it wasn't until our very first exercise, which is exploring the big issues of the world and how depressing they are and getting the the class sort of crushed down under the weight of these big issues, then we flipped it around completely and go, let's think of local projects, people, organisations that are trying to work to solve these problems and show that these issues have existed long before us yet there are people who actually care about changing it and that's when she sparked up right. and we heard her personal story that she actually goes and helps at the homeless shelter um, every week oh. and is helping in all her free time to support policy change to help um, fight homelessness in New Zealand. How so old is this girl? This girl is 16, <laughs> oh my 16, gosh. 17 um, and that's when she for the first time ever actually wanted to pick up the camera because she finally right. got the connection that complaining about things and and um, resenting issues is yeah. not going to make any difference. But flipping it around and realising that it's how you see it and that if you want it to go away, you can make it go away. But if you keep telling people they can't do anything about it, you right. may as well accept extinction, you may as well accept that climate change is going to destroy everything. What are they meant to do but believe you yes. and lose all hope? That's so we've right. got to change the way that we talk about our issues and go... They're only here as long as we want them to be here. If we want them to be gone, we can do it. That's so cool, Lou. I'm having an emotional (laughs) moment. It is such a wait for these kids. I've pretty much stopped any outside news forces coming into our home Mm -hmm. because they don't need to be bearing the weight of that, as you've said. And yeah, I'm pretty excited about seeing those news forces switch around and start sharing all these positive stories of young Kiwis Maybe doing that's amazing what things. what we're doing today. <laughs> Yay. Yeah.